A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. While we know nutrition is a cornerstone of well-being for humans and animals, it has a large significance in the life of a cow, from a calf to mature adult. I'm Charity Seebecker from the Midwest Farm Report. Dr. Kevin Dill, Director of Dairy Technical Innovation for Purina, says cattle nutrition is not a one-size-fits-all model. He explains the importance of balancing proper nutrition and farm management to have healthy and productive cows. Nutrition is obviously the foundation. Nutrition's wrong, performance is wrong, health is wrong. So that has to be there. We have a nutrient requirement uh, list for the animals. Our ration models, regardless of what one might use, they were use those to achieve those on paper. In addition to those optimization aspects of nutrition modeling, the nutritionists need to be making decisions, and they do make decisions as to some aspects that may not model, model their full value. So I think that's the importance of nutrition, and that's how we get those aspects of the cow's and animal's needs met. So then how do you properly determine that correct ration that the cow needs at those different stages of its life? So one of the key aspects of determining those requirements, the nutrient requirements themselves are one thing, but then the intake prediction or the actual intake that a producer is monitoring on a farm, those are used to fine tune and make sure the amount of nutrients are in the package that the animal is actually consuming. So that gets into the management, the on-farm management, the facilities, the interaction of all those components. And that's where the producer typically provides nutritionists a weekly dry matter intake for different life stages of the animals. How big of a role does the reproductive performance or different lactation stages play into that? So the reproductive performance of those animals is absolutely necessary to have them at the appropriate productivity levels and not have long days in milk, those kinds of things. So the priority nutrients for that deal with providing the right type of energy, both either in uh, fiber, starch, also fats, uh, fat ingredients or fat nutrients. So I think that's where it starts. But again, I like to come back to the interaction of management. So the diet can be correct, but if there's overcrowding, lack of bunk space, lack of water access, those types of things, then the cow can't eat the nutrients even though the diet is balanced. How do you find that right feed and that mix of supplements that you need to be able to do this? Well, so the right mix, uh, we prioritize utilization of the on-farm ingredients that they grow. And then from the purchase side, through the modeling efforts, you can uh, find the ones that uh, are a best fit to provide a least cost ration. Um, but then you got to start making some decisions about, uh, okay, that's what it looks like on paper. Maybe the quality of this one ingredient is not something I want to put in my high cows. Maybe that goes into late lactation cows. So those are some of the decisions that have to be made. So it's not just a straight-up nutrient play. Uh, and, the you know, all nutritionists do those things to help the producer make those decisions. Why is this so important, you know, managing that nutrition at all stages of the life? What kind of diseases can that prevent or really help, in a sense, help your bottom line? 
A lot of uh, interest lately in um, some work out of the University of Florida with epigenetics. So that's uh, their work's typically focused on heat stress and the impact in utero on the calf. But the same is true for nutrition, not only of that cow while she's pregnant, because there is genetic expression or epigenetics uh, related to in utero nutrient uptake by the fetus. Uh, But then once that calf hits the ground, the proper nutrients at the right time do set that, uh, again, that genetic expression up for success. Uh, Transition cows, it's kind of the same story there. Even though they're adults, how you feed them or the nutrients they consume, and if those nutrients are allowed to be put to productive use, not fighting disease, then that animal can uh, return the value on that feed cost investment more towards production rather than maintenance, especially in the event of a health challenge. Expanding on that cost savings benefit, can you take me through some of the examples of just how that works? The work on young animals and their level of nutrition from birth, especially through six months of age, that that work is well documented. Uh, we talk about a hype, the, the appropriate nutrition uh, for those animals early on does set them up to be more productive in adult life. Cornell work has demonstrated that. Uh, we have demonstrated that in our own research efforts. So that's one of those aspects. Uh, and again, I go back to uh, the transition cow and having those nutrients in that stage uh, so that you prevent excessive weight loss during that post-calving period. Uh, those, those are key aspects to ensure that the nutrients that the animal consumes, even if it's for weight gain and late lactation on those post-fresh cows, that nutrition that was fed then can be expressed to support productive aspects rather than help fight off disease challenges. What can farmers do to really set their cattle up for success when it comes to this to even help with that voluntary culling and help meet their herd size, their goals with the fewer animals, that full circle aspect of it? You've asked the right question. We're talking about a system. So how do they optimize their system? So the animals have needs, social, nutritional uh, needs that should be allowed to be expressed, especially the social aspects. So the producers are having to make decisions all the time, and obviously there's limitations on funds available, so you can't do everything you know you want to do. But there are key aspects, key areas to focus on in those high-risk areas for the producer, uh, such as the transitions, even transition calves, right? As you go through those stress periods with those animals, let's not put them at a disadvantage, or at least put them at the least amount of disadvantage that we can during those critical periods from a social stocking density, animal movement, size of groups, those kinds of things. So that's that's the balance that the producers are always having to, to work through. And what feedback from farmers have you received or even trends have you seen over the years that has changed the way that farmers attack this? I mean, obviously, a lot of good research that they that gets published and, and talked at at producer events. But another component is data, utilization of data in that aspect of decisions. And so that that trend has continued to, to build. I think some of the data is uh, overwhelming, or the, the volume of data is. So as we get the get the data we need to make sure we're getting it into something that's a decisioning tool so that we can actually leverage that information or that data 
for a timely decision, not just numbers to, to track. That was Dr. Kevin Dill, Director of Dairy Technical Innovation for Purina, along with us. And as he said, ensuring that cattle receive the correct ration at various life stages can be a complex task. It's not about just balancing nutrients. It also requires that strategic approach to consider all of the unique needs for each animal. From the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Charity Seebecker.